You're listening to the Real People, Real God podcast. In today's episode, Misu and Lindsay continue their study on Misu's latest book, Miriam. They'll tackle a third barrier to faith, feeling abandoned by God or distant from Him, and will examine those feelings from Miriam's perspective. Hi, this is Misu. And this is Lindsay. Welcome back, everyone. We are glad to have you with us again today. And wondering how you're doing over there, Misu. How's your day going today? You know, this is a pretty, pretty chill day. I am catching up on email, and I am, I'm reading my own book. I'm, I'm going to be doing a. I know how, how silly is that? Does that it sound? Sounds like a fun but, and bizarre activity. <laughs> it is. I, you know, I. It's been four years since I wrote Love in a Broken Vessel, and I've got a a Q and A on on that with a a four hundred person book club. That's a pretty stinking big book club, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of fun. I'm excited about it. And uh, Q and A with them on Saturday, and so I figured, you know, four years since I've written that book, I probably should brush up on it a little bit, you know. So yeah. yeah, how's your day? What's going on with you, Linz? Oh, my day's not quite so chill and great. It's raining outside. Oh. I would like for it to be a chill sort of day, but oh, yeah. my day has just been kind of rough and a lot of things just not going quite the way oh. I want them to. You know, one of those days oh. where yeah. work things and life things and other things are just not, not quite matching up mm-hmm. or going the way they should. So, yep. you know, you're having a real day. That's real life, you know? That so, is. Sometimes yep. you just say, let the rain wash it away, and tomorrow can be a new day, <laughs> and oh. uh, some things like yeah. that, but yeah. Yep. We are real people, aren't we, Lindsay? We definitely are, and I'm hoping <laughs> that today as we talk about Miriam and talk about some of this Bible study, it will be refreshing to my soul, even as I hope that what we have to say is refreshing to our listeners out there. Amen. I hope that maybe it will uh, be a little refreshing to my soul today as well. Maybe God will use it for my benefit. <laughs> Wouldn't yeah, that be I'm nice? praying that too. I'm praying that yeah. too, friend. Well, let's get yeah. started here. Okay, so today is Miriam, the main character of our book. We're finally there. We've reached yeah. Miriam. So, um, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about her barriers to belief, um, her barriers to God. We mentioned that it was going to be this barrier of feeling abandoned by God and feeling like he's distant or he's removed or I, I don't, I can't connect with him anymore like I used to be able to. So why don't you tell us again about Miriam? She's the main character of your book. So apparently you were really struck by something about Miriam if you decided to write a whole book with her as your main focus, main character. So what did you see in her life or in her as you were reading scripture and reading the story that made you want to focus on Miriam and her character as the main character for this book? Tell us about well, that. You know, I I love to pick women uh, in scripture who um, who a lot of folks don't spend a lot of time thinking about. And mm-hmm. um, so a lot of times they're women who are kind of in the shadows of the big heroes of the Bible. So, mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes they're given names, sometimes they're not. So like the Pharaoh's daughter, uh, you know, we don't know her name, but um, I like to give them a name. Uh, yeah. If I can find that in history, that's great. Or if I need to make it up, that's okay too. <laughs> yeah. uh, I try to make it meaningful, but um Miriam, we do find in scripture, obviously, and um, she was intriguing to me because we saw a glimpse of her as a little girl, 
when she mm-hmm. followed Moses' basket, you know, in the Nile and kind of protected mm-hmm. him. And she was bold. I mean, can you imagine walking up yeah. to Pharaoh's daughter and just, you know, having a little chat and, oh, yeah, by the way, I'd like for you to, maybe maybe I could go get a wet nurse for you. You know, I mean, yeah. she was bold, you know, for a six-year-old. That That's pretty bold. And um, and then we see her again at 86 um, leading women in worship and mm. after they cross the, the Red Sea on dry ground. And there, there was still some of that boldness in her at 86. Yeah. And um, so I, she was a fascinating uh, character to me. But the other thing, and this is kind of crazy, this, this is a little odd, but I was sitting in church on a Sunday and they had just taken the offering and I had just read the Exodus story that morning before going to church and after they took the offering, I sat there and I thought, okay, what would happen if frogs began to climb through the windows and <laughs> climb out of the heat vents and crawl yeah. up on the altar? What would we think Yeah, if that started happening right now? Would we as God's people think that it was judgment mm. on us? Or would we think that God was in the process of releasing us from some sort Mm. of bondage. Yeah. And I thought to myself, you know, I I would think immediately judgment because that's kind of creepy. So we teach, we teach these stories in Sunday school, like, Oh yeah. yeah, And then there were frogs and then there were flies and then there were, you know, like it's just regular or the animals came two by two. And, and I have wondered sometimes, you know, as an adult, you sit down and think, wait a minute. Yeah. What? What was I mean, that? That's exactly what like, you're talking about. <laughs> exactly. We tick it off like it's a bullet list and we don't uh-huh. stop and think, oh my goodness, what would I do if that happened to me? Mm-hmm. But, but man, you know, and, and so that even made it more interesting to say, okay, you know, Miriam didn't have, and, and the other Israelite, they didn't have this, you know, inside scoop that Moses had to know when these things were going to happen. Mm-hmm. The majority of the Israelites and the majority of the folks in this book, they they didn't get the warning. They didn't get the memo <laughs> that mm-hmm. Moses got, you know. And so yeah. all they saw of this God was the action. And then they had to kind of decipher from that, okay, what does this mean? Mm-hmm. And so um, that was part of what was so intriguing to me about Miriam was that she had had a relationship with with her God through her whole life. And then all of a sudden, this God she thought she knew began to act completely differently than he had mm. acted her whole 86 years of life. Yeah. And her brother, who had been raised in Egypt and who had been gone for 40 years and then came back, said, oh, no, by the way, this same God that you've known for 86 years, and oh, by the way, I just met in a burning bush on Mount Sinai, He's going to be called by a different name now. And she mm. fought her whole life to, to worship one God, not the deities, all, you know, the myriad deities of Egypt. Um, she says, no, one, one God, one God, and his name's El Shaddai. And now her, her, you know, little brother comes back and says, oh, no, by the way, his name's Yahweh. Mm. So I just felt like that was a, a story that needed to be told from Miriam's perspective. Yeah, uh, that's such an interesting way to tell it and to think about to think about Miriam having felt so connected to God in so many ways. And then 
here comes apparently this is the same god but he's doing different things and he's known by yeah. a different name and what is that about that's i think that's just such an interesting character portrait to look at here and i think let's start with this this notion of miriam being someone who's so connected with god that was mm-hmm. i love that beautiful picture that we painted that you painted of her in this book to begin with of being so connected with god having having visions and and dreams and things from god and feeling so powerfully and beautifully connected with him it was such an inspiring image i think and wondering have i ever felt that connected to god or, or where do i feel that connected with god you know, think about something like that or even moses with the burning bush or something like that mm-hmm. but this kind of connection and you think boy i'm not sure if i know god very well he doesn't speak to me that way um yeah. But I also remember this little section in your book where, you know, Miriam was wrestling with some of this knowing God and um, and her parents. She had this little conversation with her parents where they said to her, we've never experienced Yahweh the way you have. And okay. yet we still know him and love him. And just this idea yeah. that there are lots of different ways that people hear from God or maybe experience God and can feel connected to him. And it doesn't necessarily have to be this big picture of, oh, connecting with God like that is more important. But it just right. started making me wonder and think about like, how do I feel most connected with God? Where are the places mm-hmm. that I feel that kind of powerful and beautiful and amazing, wonderful connection with God? So Why don't you tell me first a little bit about how you hear from God and connect with him or just really strongly and powerfully feel his presence. What Mm. does that look like for you? You know, um, that's a, that's a really good point because I think not only has that changed, you know, the way I, the way I feel God's presence and the way I, you know, kind of hear him or, or hear him, his impression on me, um, that that changes not only with the years that I follow him and the maturity of my spiritual walk mm. with him, but it also changes with the seasons of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think the primary way right now that I hear from God is is through His Word. You know, when mm. I read the Bible, I get um, I get lessons for my life. I I hear Him tell me things that. I'm doing wrong or I'm doing right or things that encourage me or things Hmm. that maybe, um, I, I hear to encourage a friend that I can share with someone else. Um, so for me, his word is like a lifeline to me. I, when I Hmm. get up in the morning and I read the Bible, it's not because I have to, it's because that is something that makes me feel close to my creator and that I need to do in order to remind myself where my center is, where my core is. Um, Mm. So, but it hasn't always been that way. You know, I used to, when I started out reading the Bible, it was dry and it was boring and I, I didn't know what that had to do with anything in my life. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. you know, it, it hadn't always been that lovely picturesque thing that I'm talking about, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that takes study. It takes years of trying to figure out. And honestly, it, until I realized that God's word is one single story from cover to cover, mm. and I am a part of that story mm. until I realized that I'm reading my story, yeah. then it, it wasn't that, that beautiful God experience every morning. And so, um, 
that that I think is uh, was a turning point for me when I when I found God's presence in His Word because it became my story. I think that was a, a big thing. And for me, it nature. Um, yeah. If if I can go up on my mountain, uh, we have a little mountain property that's only it's really only a hill out here in the northwest. It's about twenty four hundred feet elevation, but mm-hmm. but it's six miles off grid, and so I can go up there and and. I can shout, I can cry, I can <laughs> sing and nobody hears me. Oh, praise the Lord for that. I mean, you know, I can do pretty much whatever I want up there and 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 I just feel closer to him. So mm-hmm. so for me, those two things, pretty much nature and and God's word are the are the places that I hear him best. How about yeah. you? How about you? Where do you yeah. hear him well, best? I've- feel his presence. I I really like what you said about in a number of different ways, or it has mm-hmm. changed over over time, or throughout different seasons of life, or things like that. And I I agree. I would say that's true for me as well. Which I think then, first of all, just makes an interesting point for as we're talking about Miriam and this idea of feeling abandoned by God, or feeling mm-hmm. like He's different, or what that feels like in our lives. Just to recognize the fact that probably all of us will have that feeling to a certain degree at many points in our lives because yeah. our relationship with God must be ever-changing and ever-growing and ever-learning how to know Him in new ways and hear from Him in new and different ways. Mm-hmm. It must be that if it's going to be alive and, and keep being a lifelong relationship with Him. You know, I kind of think just like a um, a marriage relationship, I'm not married, but I can imagine, <laughs> I know a lot of people who are, or even right. a family relationship or even a good friendship or something, you keep growing together and you keep changing together. And so you learn to know each other in different ways. You learn to feel close or to hear or listen to each other in different ways, I think it's not right. always the same, and so I think I it's think that's stat- a good yeah. just yeah, a good point to to hone in on. It's not it's not static; it's dynamic. So yeah. if we're going to survive in our relationship with God for our whole yeah. lives, we we have to be able to to learn how to change and sort of go with the flow and learn. Okay, here comes God with a new name and new actions. I have to get on board or or you know figure out how to how to relate with Him in a new way, mm-hmm. or or I'm not gonna be able to keep going with him. So, so anyways, for me, um, it's been, it's been different throughout my life. And I think, um, for a long time, it was really, really connecting with God through his word and, mm-hmm. um, really just finding him there and knowing him there and studying the word and memorizing scripture. I was involved in some, some scripture memorization things when I was young and in church. And so just memorizing it, getting it into my heart and into my mind. Mm-hmm. And, and then it would come back to memory and it would, it would come back to me in times I, I needed it and it would inform how I knew God and how I, how I understood him and how I wanted to live. And it would make me f- make me feel connected to him. And then mm-hmm. it would come back to me also in these times, apparently I connect with God in these cosmic events in nature. Apparently like you do talking. since the last two episodes we've talked <laughs> about that. Yes. Right. So, I mean, again, I said last time, like that doesn't just happen to me every day. And honestly, I don't, I would not really say I feel connected to God in nature because I don't usually huh. just want to go outside and walk through, yeah. you know, through the forest, go for a hike or go see a sunset. I don't, that's not typically how I want to see God uh-huh. or how I, I naturally see God. But apparently there's been a few times when he's he's connected <laughs> with me in nature. But even those times, a big part of it was his word. Again, back yeah, to his exactly. word for me. Like he was uh-huh. impressing his word on my heart, which I had read and I had studied. So feeling uh-huh. connected to him through his word and feeling like I know him there. Um, but then also for me in my life recently, some of that has been taking a turn and I, I feel less connected to him through the word and 
more connected to him just just through his spirit in me. And it's kind of a weird new thing for me because remember the intellectualism and the all this and that. And one of the reasons I love God's word is because you can come up with good theological doctrinal statements and I can connect with God through those things. (laughs) But recently he's been doing this new thing that's just sort of more in my spirit. And I I pray a lot more on a regular Mm -hmm. hourly daily basis. God, I need help. I need patience right Mm -hmm. now. Give me patience. And then I feel it in my spirit Um, or, Mm -hmm. or God, give me um, wisdom for this moment. And then I feel it or I feel little promptings and then I follow some of them and they seem like they were from God. It's sort of a new and weird thing for me, actually, That's um, awesome. but, but kind of an amazing, an amazing new way to be connected with him, to just feel sort of spirit to spirit. Um, and mm-hmm. it's hard for me because I can't really put intellectual words on that to describe it to you very well. Um, <laughs> but, but feeling that sort of thing has been kind of a, a really cool new way um, that I've been hearing from God. So cool. yeah, that's, that's been and really you know, cool for me. I think a lot of people too, I, I, I have heard from other people that really feel God's presence in the midst of music or praise, yeah. or uh, I, I have a friend who just, I, you know, she, when she's feeling especially low or when she's just at the end of herself she just has to step back put her earbuds in and turn Mm. on praise music and that's the only thing that can break through the darkness for her I mean she just has to cut off everything else and immerse herself in music and Mm. uh, that's where she feels God's presence and I you know another thing that I I think I wanted to to bring up too was, you know, sometimes the best way for me to hear, hear God's voice or maybe not the best way, but as a confirmation is, is through God's people. Absolutely. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. we were never meant to live on an Island, you know, God, God created us to be in community with others. And, you know, as as much as people annoy me sometimes, Lindsay, I'm so sorry, but you know, so, once in a while, oh, I hear you. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. What am I telling you? You're the one with the bad day. But um, <laughs> I, it, it, you know, just God's people, um, they they are God with skin on sometimes. Yeah. And um, I, I have heard out of friends' mouths things that I just I know are from the Lord, and it, it's like. Sometimes I think they have a 1-800-GOD number, you know, that they, <laughs> I, I hear it come out of their mouths and I'm like, okay, yeah. I, I know that was not you. I know that, that the Lord just confirmed what he's been yep. telling me for a month and it just came out of your mouth. So um, I think friends are another really big part of, of how God shows up sometimes. Yeah, that is a that is a truly amazing thing to me that God could speak through us, speak yeah. through someone else directly to me. And that that has definitely been true in my life as well, feeling connected to God through his people. And sometimes it's through just watching him work in someone's life, just being able to be a witness to God moving powerfully in someone's life helps me feel connected to him or the exact thing that you're talking about of um, someone speaking God's words to me, whether it's directly his word from his Bible or just exactly the lesson that I know he's been trying to teach me or he's been whispering mm-hmm. to me. And then all of a sudden it comes to me straight out of the mouth of someone who knows yeah. him has definitely been a way that, that I have felt God's presence or felt connected to God. It's, it's amazing to me how so many different ways 
we can feel God um, yeah. and know God's presence. And and just this picture of Miriam in this book, who was just trying to figure out, I've known him in this one way, and mm-hmm. now that seems removed. Can I know him in any other way? It does he exist in any other way? And just her parents saying, Yeah, he does. Keep looking. Keep looking. Mm-hmm. Keep seeking him. And he is there. So, um, what about this this concept of feeling like God's removed or he's distant or he's abandoned or or I don't feel him with these same God receptors that I was feeling him with mm-hmm. before or or something like that? How this this thing that Miriam was feeling, how has that ever played out in your life? Has there been oh, a time when you have felt yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell me oh, about it. Awful. Go ahead, tell me about it's it. Awful. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an awful, awful thing. And and I think the the worst time for me was when actually when my husband went to seminary when Roy went to Hmm. seminary and he's training to be a pastor and we moved away from family and we moved into seminary apartments and uh, we left a four-bedroom farmhouse in Indiana for a two-bedroom third-story apartment with our two (laughs) daughters and I'm like and I went to work full-time almost full-time it was like 38 hours a week uh, and I was a stay-at-home mom up until that point, and then mm. I go to work and have no time to study my Bible. I have no time with my children, and my husband's constantly studying or watching the kids. And I mean, my whole life was turned upside down. And um, I, 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 we, we weren't plugged into a church. Um, and mm. and when I was home, he was studying, and so I had the, the girls, and so. I didn't have time for meaningful friendships Hmm. and everything about my old life had changed. And because of that, it seemed like everything about my old God had changed Hmm. and I could not feel him or hear him in any of the ways that I had come to learn to hear him and feel him. Hmm. And, um, it, it was the driest, darkest, two years of my life. And, uh, you know, that, that was back in 89 through 91 and it is now 2016. And I can still say it was still the driest and darkest two years of my life. Still. Um, Mm. I, I just had a really hard time hearing from God Mm. during that time. How about you, Lindsay? What, when have you felt that distance between you and the Lord. Yeah, I don't know if if there has ever been such a a big um life event or such a a long period of time for me where I felt distant from God. I mean, the the things we've talked about in previous weeks, those kinds of, you know, battling with God and mm-hmm. having different barriers to God, those have been times when I've felt that he's distant. Um but those were were for, you know, some other reasons. But but I don't think there's been a long period of time where I've just felt like I can't relate to him like I normally do. But I think for mm-hmm. me, it, ha- is, it happens a lot in just regular life or, mm-hmm. you know, day by day or week by week or, or just tiny little seasons or things um, where I just don't feel a vibrant relationship with God, where something uh-huh. feels like it's dulled. It feels like it's, um, you know, it's it's not bright and vivid and vibrant anymore. It just feels sort of dull. And yeah. um, and maybe like I kind of know he's there, but I, I just don't quite feel like I am accessing him in the same way that I was or that yeah. I just, that maybe I don't have access to him in the same way that I did before. What is happening? You know, just mm. why does this feel 
why does life, why does my spiritual life or other things just feel dull rather mm-hmm. than vibrant intimacy mm-hmm. with him? And I yeah. think, um, and I, and so I think that that can happen, I think, for a number of different reasons. I was trying to think also about why do, why do you think these things happen in our lives sometimes? Why are there times when, when it seems like God feels silent or mm-hmm. far or distant or things like that. And for me, as I reflect on some of these times when it just, my relationship with him doesn't feel very vibrant. I think it can be a number of things. I think sometimes it's, um, maybe I'm just not spending as much time with him as I used to. I'm not, I'm not spending as much time reading his word or praying or, you know, so I'm not doing some disciplines that are helping to create that intimacy. I know, Mm -hmm. I know I don't have to do disciplines in order to gain God's approval. He has grace for me, whether I work or not. But I do think that as we practice some of these things, it definitely helps develop the intimacy with God and the vibrancy of relationship with God. And so sometimes I think maybe these, these times when, my relationship with God feels more dull or stagnant is maybe because I'm not, I'm not spending the time with him in the way I was before. Or sometimes I think it can be um, either an area of sin in my life or just maybe an area where like I'm holding out specific expectations for either how I want God to interact with me or how I want him to solve this problem or meet me in it or how I want him to do this. And just, just sort of putting him in a box. Well, if I'm going to start shoving him into a box of expectations, I'm probably not going to, feel like I'm interacting with him very well because I won't be interacting with the real dynamic, vibrant, alive God. I'll be trying to interact with this version of him that, that I've shoved into a box. And, you know, I've said, I've got this problem or this thing's going on right now. And the way I want to see you in it is exactly X, Y, and Z show up in these Mm -hmm. ways and I'll know you're there. So, um, yeah, I, I just was thinking that's some interesting thoughts about as we talk about feeling distant from God, just sort of wondering why do you think that happens that we that we feel far from God sometimes? Do you do you have any thoughts on that or on why God seems silent or distant in our lives sometimes yeah. other than that? You know, of of course for me, I I run to scripture and and I try to think of a character, Bible character that I learn from and that's David on this on this hmm. feeling distance because I just I, I think of the Psalms and how he cries out in the Psalms so many times, why are you so distant, so far from my groaning? Mm-hmm. And and he cries out like that several times. And then uh, sometimes it's because he has sinned, um, you know, he and Bathsheba, and all of a sudden he's crying out to the Lord's and, oy, 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 you're crushing my bones. Yeah. And, I, you know, you, I got to figure that there was some sort of, physical ailment that followed Mm. that sin in David. Mm. And so I I think sometimes God is distant because we have separated ourselves from him because of sin in our lives. Um, And I'm not saying that ailment is always because of sin. So please don't misinterpret um, that coming from someone who, who deals with chronic illness. And I've had people say, Oh, it's sin, it's sin. And you know, so no, 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 I'm, I'm not saying that at all. Sure. But I, I am saying that um, that distance can be caused by sin. It also can be caused by, like like you're saying, Lindsay, um, just the fact that we don't make ourselves as available through mm-hmm. the disciplines of, of prayer and Bible study and um, just quieting ourselves before him. Um, you know, God is a gentleman and he will not shout. Mm. Um, he, he whispers to us and if we're not quiet enough to hear him, he's, he's not going to push, push himself into 
the busyness of our lives. He, he is a gentleman. And, um, so I've, I've found that to be one of the reasons that he's, um, he has been silent in my life too. Yeah. And, um, and I think also it, it might just be sometimes God is trying to move us along in our relationship with him. So maybe it's not necessarily absolutely. lack of availability or sin or something like that, but mm-hmm. in this idea that we, we have a dynamic relationship with God. And so sometimes it might just be God is trying to do a new thing, kind of like in this story with Miriam, God is doing a new thing and he's ready to bring us along in that new thing. And we just have to kind of get there. We have to get there absolutely. with him and, and he's trying to just speak to us in a new way or show us a new side of him or a new way of interacting with him and he's yeah. just going to keep showing us and and we're going to have to kind of figure out how to get there with him and maybe we don't understand that new way of being so we feel like he's completely gone because we just don't have any eyes or ears or, or sort of receptors for that way of interacting yeah. with God yet but he's working on them in us and he's he's trying to develop those things in us I think yeah and it's yeah. kind of like you said here um, you had mentioned that one of the lines in Miriam she she finally realized that she had been blind and she said to the Lord, forgive me for being blind to your presence. And she realized that he really had been showing up and she just had been blind. And I think that's kind of what happened with me. Um, Mm. while we were at seminary, I, I just had been blind. I'd been blind for two years. God had just been as present as he always had been. Mm. Um, and I didn't realize that until we actually moved from Ashland we were in our first ministry position. Um, I, I always make notes in my Bible. I, in the margins, I write a date when I, when I get something out of scripture and I write a little note on what I got out of it that day. And so, you know, when we're in our first ministry position, life is better. I'm, I'm home again with my kids. I'm, I'm back at my Bible study every, you know, every day for an hour or two. I'm just really enjoying the word. And I look back at some of the notes that I wrote during that really dark time in Ashland, and I'm I'm astounded hmm. at some of the profound things that I said and I learned hmm. during that two years. And I I I'm just awed that it felt so dry during that two years, and yet looking back on it, I think, oh Lord God. I learned so much there and, Mm -hmm. and I just was blind to what you were teaching me in that moment. And I, I think that's kind of what happened with Miriam. I think she, she was so blinded by the pain, so blinded by the disappointments, so blinded Mm -hmm. by the discouragement. Mm -hmm. And, and that's what we saw in Exodus six. Moses, you know, it's right after the, it's right after the slave, um, the Jewish slave uh, masters come back. They've they've just been beaten by Pharaoh's slave masters, and the the overseers, the Jewish overseers, have been beaten mm-hmm. because they're not making enough bricks uh, mm-hmm. because they had to draw their own straw. They've had to get their own straw, and um, they figured out that it was Moses and Aaron that got them into this mess. And so they're fussing at Moses and Aaron. And now Moses fusses at God and says, you know, why did you even bring me back here? Yeah. All we're going to do is make it worse for the Israelites. And, and so God reassures him again and says, you know, I'm on this. We're going to be, you're going to be okay. We're going to do. And, and so Moses goes back to the Israelites and he says, you know, it's all going to be okay. 
And then there's that verse in there that's just, it's just hidden in there, but it's so poignant. And it says, but the Israelites could not hear him because of their discouragement. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And, And I just think, oh Lord, how many times, how many times are we blind, deaf, and dumb because of our discouragement? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think, I think that kind of blindness can, can definitely, yeah, discouragement is definitely a thing that can blind us. (laughs) Um, Discouragement, despair, things not going right, things not going our way, just a long season of some kind of pain or suffering or mis mismet unmet expectations or, or things mm-hmm. like that discouragement can can make us blind to seeing God or hearing his voice or knowing him and as i think about this idea of you know not feeling like god has abandoned or feeling like god is distant and and sort of maybe being blind or deaf to his presence and and how do you you know how does he kind of break through or how does um yeah. how can he show up there again i think um, sometimes for me, you know, sometimes God just finally breaks through and my eyes are yeah. open and my ears are open. And I hear him, but sometimes I think also it's, um, the, the testimonies and the, the stories of other believers around me, just, right. just having my ears at least open enough to hear the people mm-hmm. around me as they are talking about God's good work in their lives. And mm-hmm. sometimes that will begin to break through and give me hope like, okay, God is still real. God is still yeah. working. And it makes me think of the verse from Hebrews, I think, about do not neglect to continue meeting together. Um, mm-hmm. Do not neglect to keep meeting together with one another and encourage one another on toward love and toward good works. And just that idea that as a body, sometimes maybe one thing that can help us break through is leaning on each other and hearing mm-hmm. one another's stories of yeah. God at work. And and it also makes me think of, um, I think of in, I think it's in Deuteronomy when God tells them to to write these things, to write these commands, to to write these things, to tell these stories and these commands to their children and their children's children. And just this idea of telling, telling the stories of God, telling them over and over again, reading them in the Bible, reading them in scripture, but also hearing from people around me God's stories and God at yeah. work and just write them on your hearts, tell them over and over again. And I think we need that. I think for, especially for times when we feel that God is far, one thing that can be helpful is just telling the story to one another, whether that's the gospel story, whether that's today's story of God showing up or, or whatever it is, just tell the story. I think that would probably help us all out a lot to just tell the story, tell the story, yep. tell the story yep. of God's I think goodness. So too. And I yeah. think we're just about out of time. I want to just share one so. last, one last little thing. Um, in the devotional that I've been reading, um, Sarah Young's Jesus Calling, she said something that just really has pricked my heart. And, and she said it, the most important two things for intimacy with Jesus is receptivity and attentiveness. To be mm-hmm. receptive to him, to be attentive to him. And I, I think that's what, I, I think when we feel that he's so distant, I think if we just stay receptive, stay mm-hmm. attentive, he will show up and we will begin yeah. to see him. So just don't yeah. give up. Stay a, stay receptive, stay attentive, and, and you'll see him. You'll find him. He's there. So Amen. now we're out That's of time. So let's give a little teaser for what's coming next week, Lindsay. Yeah. Tell us about it. Next week, we're going to be talking about um, this barrier of one God among many gods is kind of what we're looking at. Uh, We're going to be looking at the character of Pharaoh in this book, along with some other characters who were just trying to figure out how to make sense of 
of supernatural activity in general, if you will, on this idea of one God among many gods and what distinguishes the Christian God from any other gods or any other supernatural activity in the world? Um, what distinguishes this God? So this barrier of, you know, kind of how can I know which God is true or how can I know your God is the true God? Um, that, yeah. that barrier of seeing lots of different things. So I think that's going to be really interesting, <laughs> interesting to talk yeah. about. Um, that things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. And, Everybody, you can subscribe to Real People, Real God on iTunes, Android, or the RSS feed on my Friday blog at www.misuandrews.com slash blog. And if any of you want to post comments or questions there on the blog, you can do that as well in the comment section. If you have a specific question for Lindsay or me, be sure and put our name um, beside the comments so that we'll know to um, address that personally for you and just come back next week and chat with us yeah thanks for joining us come back next time and remember be real thank you for listening to real people real god if you enjoyed this episode please give us a five-star review on itunes and thank you to those who have already given us a five-star review